The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable Podcast. My name's Joel Credo. I'm the host. Today, I've got three coaches with us. They're going to break down everything hitting. They've got their questions. We've got questions from the group chat that we have. If you'd like to get in the group chat, send me a DM on Twitter, at Coach Credo, K-R-A-T-O. So you can send in your questions and get together with the other coaches that are in the group chat, where we also have weekly discussions, one is going to be happening this Sunday evening where I've got questions for people in the group chat where it will really open up dialogue and discussion. But let's get to know our coaches. We'll start with you first, Coach Penny. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I'm uh, Zen Penny. I'm uh, originally from Tennessee and um, coaching at uh, Kirkwood Community College and Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I... uh, been doing lessons and I just finished my uh, playing career this past May at uh, Clark University in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. Really been all over the map and I uh, just kind of bounced around multiple spots but I uh, <clears throat> um, danced Spain with my coach at uh, Clark University. He uh, knew the coach at Kirkwood and uh, put in a good word and Give me an opportunity to go coach there to uh, coach some Juco guys, some hungry guys. and So I've just been doing lessons and uh, coaching there. And I uh, it's been a lot of fun and looking uh, looking forward to getting the season going in under uh, three weeks. What about you, Coach Brett? Where are you now and how did you get there? Hey man, just wanted to start off by saying thanks for having me on and excited to learn from these other these other two coaches. But uh, I'm currently hitting an infield coach at Southside Christian School and just outside Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, I'm originally from uh, just outside Jackson, Mississippi. I was a coach at Richland High School for a year as a volunteer assistant. I uh, spent four years at Park Place Christian Academy uh, just in Pearl, Mississippi. Uh, and I was the head coach there for three years and uh, Lord just kind of opened a door for, for me to move up here. got married last year, and the wife and I decided to to move up and experience Greenville, and it's been a good transition um, thus far. And what about you, Coach Ratterman? Uh, Joel, thanks for having me on. Uh, look forward to learning from these other two coaches, just like Brett said. So uh, I'm from Warrington, Missouri. Uh, played three sports in high school all four years. I uh, played juco ball for two years, then uh, transferred to Fontbon University, where I finished uh, my playing days. Uh, while I was at Fontbon, I received a degree in sports management. Uh, during my junior year at Fontbon, uh, I was asked to coach football um, at my rival school, to my alma mater, actually. Uh, I loved coaching and then decided to stay in the school district. I worked as a paraprofessional for a few years uh, while still coaching and thought I wanted to be an AD. Um, so I went back to school and received my master's in athletic administration from Ohio University. After applying for multiple jobs with my sports management degree and my master's in athletic admin, I wasn't having any luck. I finally asked why, and everybody said that uh, they loved my experience, but I was never in charge of running my own classroom. 
So after hearing that, I went back to school, uh, got my master's in education, which is actually where uh, you and I met, Joel. Um, we got my education, master's in education from Lindenwood University. Uh, during all the schooling, I coach football, basketball, baseball. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work under two high school baseball coaches as a varsity assistant in the St. Louis area that have won a total of six state championships and I've also helped run a few hitting camps at Mizzou. Uh, I've only been teaching PE for two years now and that's been at Wright City High School where I'm at now. I'm the varsity head baseball coach and the assistant varsity softball coach so that's kind of me in a nutshell. All right let's get into the baseball questions. So the first question is this. What tendencies make a great hitter? And then as you guys as coaches, how do you develop those tendencies in your hitter? And I'll ask you first, Coach Brett. Man, I'd say a few tendencies I, I like to look for in a good hitter is, is establishing some type of mental confidence, um, being able to be athletic through the hitting process, um, the ability to, to be on time, I think, is an, an undervalued asset. Um, and then just being aware of your barrel. Um, those are all tendencies I, I tend to look for in a, in a good hitter. and uh, go about developing those in a few different ways. I love, um, I guess, as uh, Chuck Box said at his ABCA conference uh, two years ago on the main stage, he said, uh, sifting for gold from other coaches. I'm constantly looking around on Twitter and on podcasts like this and just trying to ask questions and and figure out how people um, continue to develop good hitters, and I think we can always learn from others. And uh, I use a lot of uh, blast. Um, blast motion's probably been one of my biggest tools and assets. Um, I know that's kind of jumping ahead to analytics, but um, I love using that to to give direct feedback. I think today's hitters, especially, um, love seeing themselves on videos. Um, you think about the classroom act uh, half of things where we have. Students with different learning styles. We have hitters and infielders and pitchers with different learning styles too. So, getting to have verbal feedback, getting to have video feedback, getting to have you know tactile feedback, I think goes a long way in, in specifically developing those tendencies. Uh, I enjoy doing weekly uh, hitters logs where the hitters are getting um, direct feedback um, to their swing, and they have drill sequences directed to their swing and and BP goals directed to their swing. So I think individualizing it as much as possible um, helps kind of develop those tendencies I look for. Awesome. And what about you, Coach Penny? What do you think makes a great hitter? And then how do you develop those tendencies for a great hitter? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say the best are, uh, I'd say the most consistent. And, you know, I would say... Yeah, I, like mindset and all that. Like, I talk about it a lot. Um, I also like tweet about it, and like I talk to my hitters about it, and everybody that I've worked with, and best coaches, and everything. I talk about that, and it's just. But how do you get that mindset? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think everybody talks about that. You know, we we say that like you gotta have a mindset, good mindset, and you know, how do you get that mindset? You get that mindset by by putting in the work, you know, and and knowing that you're. Knowing that you're prepared, so, like, I know myself personally, like, I'm not far removed from the game. Like I said, I just got done playing in May, so this is my first time, like, being on the other side, but I know myself personally, like, if I knew I was prepared, like, you have a different level of confidence, and if you know you're putting in the work, and, like, and, um, 
in your practice is going well, then then you know that you have that different level of swagger about you in the box, and you know then good things are going to happen. And I think that uh, as far as uh, tendencies to make great hitter, um, I will say like you know it's it's hard because. I see things in hitters that I see the best do, but you know, like, and people say like, yeah, it's like cookie cutting, but like, so I, I study like the guys that that I view that are the best hitting minds, and I, that are working with the best, and I like to ask them questions and study how they're training their guys, and and I see the game's best hitters doing things, and obviously it's going to be a little bit different for every guy, but. You know the I um, study study what they do, and it's just like uh, the I like to do the the one arm stuff, bottom hand, top hand, uh, the wall drill, and bat in between the feet, and, and you know I uh, I do all that stuff because I see the game's best hitters doing it, and uh, the game's best instructors doing it with their hitters, and I think the game's best hitting coaches are the best thieves, you know, and Anything that I've that I've done with my hitters, I've honestly gotten from somebody else, and yeah, just and then you know there's a timing aspect, and um, you know as far as it could be machine work or three plate or velo BP or you know, but there's got to you know you got to have that compete factor, and you got to have that uh, that um, feel good aspect as well, you know. Um, and everybody's different and just trying to find the, uh, the optimal, uh, you know, the optimal that makes them click, uh, so they can perform in a game setting. And I also want to say thanks for having me on and, uh, appreciate, uh, being able to connect with you guys. And what about you, Coach Radman? What tendencies make a great hitter and then how do you develop those in your own players? Uh, sure. So I'm going to kind of piggyback off what everybody said already. But uh, um, what Coach Penny said, um, yes, every hitter is different, but I also believe that uh, great hitters are kind of cookie cutter in their own way. So I kind of have a, a list of things that I look for and uh, I want my players to be really good at um, to be good hitters. So uh, I want their footwork to be great. I want some back foot movement, a variation of a leg kick or a stride, um, upper body mechanics, their stance. Uh, the load, coil, gather, and separation uh, have to have good vision and intent. And so I'll kind of go into a little bit about each little bullet point that I said. So with footwork, um, don't get me wrong, we teach footwork until it's really good. But you can find tons of examples in the big leagues of guys doing all sorts of things with their feet in games. Uh, the first thing that we do for our footwork, we do a drill called the letter T drill uh, to develop this movement pattern and tendency. Um, with our back foot movement, if you look a lot, uh, if you look at a few of your favorite big league players, uh, you'll notice a variety of back foot movement. Generally, they all rotate to some degree, but the distance forward can really vary. Uh, and for some, it may even go behind them. For the hips to fully clear, it's important that the back foot is allowed to move and not forced improperly. The bigger you are, the less it may need to move. And so I got some big guys and some also some little guys. And for the little guys, letting the back foot move more uh, move can really open up your hip turn and speed. Uh, to develop this movement pattern, I just put down an agility ladder or tape uh, um, a ladder on the ground 
and simply call it the ladder drill. Um, we call it step to move. Uh, I can kind of, if any coaches want to see it, uh, I spoke at the Missouri High School Baseball Coaches Association um, about hitting drills that make a difference, and I have a whole presentation, so if anybody wants that, feel free to reach out and I can share it with that. Um, in variation of the leg kick and stride, um, I'm listing this because people often combine, combine the aggressive look of a high leg kick like a Donaldson with players with power production, but it's important that a hitter finds uh, what the variation of a leg kick works for them, but not everybody has to have their knee to their face. Uh, you guys already said leg, uh, about timing and stuff, but leg kicks give hitters time to prepare more and therefore give them more power at contact. Plenty of players have hit the ball really well their whole careers with subtle leg front movements. Um, and to be honest, I kind of let the kids experiment with that. Um, upper body mechanics. So upper body mechanics can be really beneficial. We know it can vary. Ken Griffey Jr. played his whole career uh, with an arm bar. So every game you can see guys adjusting their arms and hands to get to certain pitch locations. Uh, I have a drill that I stole from uh, Tom Eller, he was at Hartford Community College and now he's with the Baltimore Orioles organization. It's a piece of PVC contraption that helps uh, hitters stay connected to swing the power V or swing the house, depending on your terminology. Um, I also look for a uh, stance. I know there's not a perfect stance, but I just want kids to be athletic and feel comfortable. Um, and then the load, coil, and gather and separation. We use the Rebels Rack movement pattern work, PVC work, and med ball throws. For vision, we use a pool noodle for pool noodle turns and a seven ball drill. And then intent, I want my guys to have the mindset that we want to flirt with the fence on every swing we take. So rounds of front toss or BP is only about five to eight swings and we're just swinging out of our shoes and, and taking hacks. So that's kind of what I look for in our tendencies and our hitters at Wright City High School. Awesome. Good stuff, guys. So my next question is this. What do you chart or note during games for the offense and what are your team's ending slash goal games for the offense and I'll ask this to you first coach Brett um let's see uh and sorry I'm taking notes here all that uh Radman had to say that was some, a lot of good goals there um we're big on quabs. Uh, I know a lot of people define quabs quality at bats a lot of different ways, but uh, we're charting quabs and we devise those into eight categories that uh, I wouldn't mind sharing, but it's, it's pretty much standard to what a lot of people do. Um, we're charting freebies. Uh, can we win the freebie war um, between us and the other team? Um, pitcher tendencies um, started that with inner squads and even some of your, our young hitters when um, the uh, varsity guys are going, they're, they're looking at pitchers and seeing if they can pick up on any tendencies or they get in a rhythm with first pitch pitches or, or holds. And uh, that's one big thing as far as hitting into offense when we get on the base path. We're charting holds at first, holds at second. See if we can pick up on anything that will give us a chance to, to take a shot. Um, later in the game, um, our team goals um, slash inning goals, obviously we're trying to see – um, how many quality at-bats we can stream together in a row. Usually when we lose games or have some type of, of inning breakdown, we can see where we had one or two, but then it went dry, and then we try to pick up another one. Um, so those go a, a long ways. And then our team goals for, for a game as far as quality at-bats go would be 15 quabs um, over the past, and we have at least 15, and our pitching staff um, does what they're supposed to do. We give ourselves a chance to be successful 
Um, and in high school, you know, a lot of people find barrels, but if you can pitch and play defense, um, you can have a good chance if you can score. Uh, I think at least six to seven runs is, is what we go for. Um, give our pitchers as, as little, um, as, as big as cushion as possible there. Um, other than that, we're charting, you know, what, uh, as far as the hitter itself goes, um, what pitch did they put in play? What was the result? And, um, did we do kind of what we were designed to do in that situation? And I'll ask you next coach Raderman, what are you charting or taking notes on during games? And what are your team's goals for games and innings? Uh, just like Coach just mentioned, uh, we'll, I will know personally QABs, um, and to be honest, that's about it. I have my hitters fill out a hitting journal. Um, this journal has a sheet of paper in there that has a left-handed and right-handed pitcher silhouette um, with a throwing arm that isn't present. The kids have to come back to the dugout and draw where the arm is at uh, when the ball is released. Uh, you would be amazed on at how kids see the different arm angles differently. Um, also in this journal is a nine zone grid. If they strike out uh, or get out, they come back and try to dot the zones where they were pitched to, uh, along with the pitch sequence that they saw. Uh, so like I said, personally, only I know QABs, and they, they kind of ch uh, chart their own stuff. But so our offensive game goals, uh, we want to score seven runs a game with uh, and win the freebie war, like Coach just said. Um, we want to have 55% QABs and we want to have, have a higher QAB than our opponent. Um, and kind of our plan of attack to do that, um, it's just a quick 12-point uh, 12 thing that I give to my boys. Um, walk to the plate with swagger, stay balanced, seek and destroy the fastball, attack the inside part of the ball with intent, hit the ball hard in the air, elevate to celebrate. Um, execute situational hitting, so be a Swiss Army knife. Uh, even though I love doubles and dingers, uh, we're really good at bunting for base hits. Um, I had my five-hole hitter, actually, no, wait, six-hole hitter uh, hit 280 for me, and his slugging was 280, and I think I had him bunt every time. Uh, have a quality at bat, uh, steal every chance we get. We want to be stuck on green and hunt the next 90. Uh, we had 170 stolen bases last year, which was fourth all-time in the state of Missouri. Um, uh, move up on dirt balls, no pitcher's tendencies, like coaches talked about. So talk about your journals with one another. Uh, bring the chaos and be a bottle of water. So that's how we execute um, our offensive game goals to make sure that we get seven runs a game and, and make sure that we're playing better than our opponent. And what about you, Coach Penny? What are you taking notes on during games or – um, what are your plans for a team to do in a, an inning or a game? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, um, overall goal is kind of what they were saying. Like, overall goals for our guys to do damage and, you know, um, the quad stuff. Just over the years, I've seen the quad stuff and, you know, charting pitchers' tendencies and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, no, no freebies, like. All that's, I think, what they said is great, and I think it's keys to if you're gonna have success and you're gonna win games because you can't, you know, like you gotta take advantage of the the little things, but you also gotta, you know, obviously if your team's, you know, has a high OBP, you know, high slug, you're gonna probably gonna be pretty good. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, charting uh, pitchers' tendencies, um. 
I do like the the quality of that stuff um, a lot. I've you know been around that for for a while. Um, and I do think that like the yeah, I mean the quality of bats like eventually if you're having good at bats like even if you're not having good luck it's eventually gonna you're eventually it's gonna even out you know what I mean and I think that's good for you know uh, the high school the college level if the kids you know tough on themselves or just having tough luck um it's just starting getting down on themselves because you know his average isn't high but uh, I think if you can show them, I think that's good to show them that, yeah, hey, like, you're having, you're having good at bats, so you just got to keep doing what you're doing. And uh, your time's going to come. So, yeah, for my hitters, I would, uh, it really, um, like you were saying, like, it was pretty awesome, like, by the kid uh, bunting, and, you know, he almost bunted every time, and, you know, that's how he had his success. So, I think, um, obviously, we would want, you know, a lot a lineup of nine guys that can hit doubles and, you know, uh, and hit, like, jacks every time, but just the likelihood of that happening, you know, it's not everybody's that kind of hitter, so it's kind of, you know, um, just trying to be as consistent as possible. I want guys that are getting on base, and I want guys that are slugging. Um, that... And if we can do that, and we can be consistent, and yeah, the what they said about the seven plus runs a game, like we can score seven runs every game, I'm gonna be pretty happy. So I um, and one thing I'll say too is like, yeah, I like to have the tendencies and stuff, but I know myself as a as a hitter, like if I went up there, like. Uh, Say the chart says he's throwing a first pitch uh, breaker, and then like so I'm sitting that, and then I take a fastball right on the middle. So yes, I would like to pick up on that. Like yeah, he's throwing a first pitch breaker, but for me, I was like sitting fastball, and then and and then if it's a breaker, it's a breaker. So I would never want to go up there just thinking. Yeah, it's a breaker, breaker, no matter what, because that would give me kind of passive, and it's kind of a mindset type thing. But that's me. But it depends on the hitter as well. So, all right, next question: What are your favorite drills to do with your hitters? And I'll ask this to you first, Coach Ratterman. Um, so we do the same drills that everyone else does. Here at Wright City, uh, like the Babe Ruths, the Happy Gilmores, the Hookums, everything that you see posted from every hitting coach on on Twitter. Um, so it isn't anything out of the ordinary. But a few of my kids' favorites um, that they've never really done before, um, and you'll kind of hear me talk about, which I've already mentioned, like the Rebel Rack. Um, if you guys don't follow Baseball Rebellion um, and have their products, I, in my opinion, uh, you guys are missing out. Um, so a few things that we do is resi resisted and assisted uh, rebel rack turns. So uh, rebel rack is something that goes underneath your armpits. It's a rack and it has holes on each end. Um, and so for resisted, uh, you put the the tubing uh, behind it and you just work your turns. Um, try to turn as fast as possible. And the assisted turn, uh, you put the tubing at the front of it and it's going to help you turn even faster. And so um, 
if your kids don't know how to move fast and hit a ball hard and they don't know how to feel that way, then they're never going to do it. So we try to get them to feel it and feel what it's like to move fast and feel what it's like to hit a ball hard. So uh, in a game, it just comes natural. Um, we do something called a Ferris wheel turn, uh, which is called with which is with a PVC, a five foot PVC. Um, you kind of hold it against your chest, and I think all of us are close enough around the same age where we were taught to keep your hands inside the ball. And uh, so we got next to a, a chain link fence, and we got our bat, and we took a, our bat and tried to swing and not hit the chain link fence. So um, it's kind of that concept, except not at the same time. So this five foot PVC. Uh, pipe that we have, put it across our chest. We probably get a, a foot away, um, and we want to turn the PVC, turn the barrel, if you will, like a Ferris wheel, so that the PVC doesn't get stuck in the net. So this helps train our side bend um, and our launch angle, if you will, um, because a lot of our kids have uh, flat barrel attack angles or negative attack angles, and so we really want to. Uh, work on our shoulder plane and our side bend for that. And then uh, we hit a lot of plyo balls. We use every axe bat trainer uh, from driveline that comes out. Um, I make sure I have every station every day, or one station every day is an exit velo station. So I set up the stalker with the LED uh, board and just, just front toss. And one day if it's pull side, I'll put the radar gun pull side. If it's oppo day, I'll put it on oppo. We're just trying to hit the ball as hard as we can. Um, we have a gap or gap approach. Um, I, I don't say gap to gap because when I say gap to gap, I always act like there's a number two center fielder out there and he's your best outfielder, so we want to stay away from him. So we try to stay away from the middle of the cage. Um, so I actually have a curtain or extra netting draped uh, in the middle of my cage. Uh, so we actually work gap to gap. And if uh, you hit it up the middle, it's basically caught. Um, and so another one of my favorites is a statue turn. So we just get in our launch position. Uh, with a slight bend in our knee, uh, 45 degree angle on our front foot, head over our belly button with uh, our chest over home plate, and we're just turning as fast as we can to try to crush baseball. So those are um, the drills that are maybe a little different than other people do outside of uh, your Babe Ruth's, Happy Gilmore's, Hookums, etc. So, um, yeah, that's it. And what about you, Coach Penny? What are some of your favorite drills to do with your kids? Yeah, so for me, I uh, <clears throat> kind of how he was saying, I uh, I like to learn uh, from different people, and I've had a lot of people that have been really good to me and have helped me in uh, this journey, and uh, you know, have shown me drills, and so um, what I do is I. Uh, I think the the goal is, is, you know, what I always say is, is, you see how the best train, and the goal should be is to train how the best train. You know what I mean? So I see the best hitters, and how we were talking about, you see similarities in them, and I, um, so I study how the best hitters train, and I see, uh, you know, from Justin Turner to Judy Martinez to. You know, uh, Trevor Story to, you know, I see how how they're training and what they're doing in their swing, and I like to I like to study and want to see what they do. So 
I do a lot of, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but I do the top hand, bottom hand, the uh, short back on the knee. I've uh, been pretty big on that, and uh, I'll go bat in between the feet. Um, so when I'm doing the the bottom hand, top hand, and then both hands from the knee, I do that because uh, just takes the just takes the uh, lower half and you just be on it with your hands and developing a proper bat path with no gank. So like we want to stay like really through the ball and work on extension and not coming off the ball. Um, we want to just try to stay on point and I'll get all the way through baseballs and have good spin off the bat. Um, and then with the bat in between the feet, that's just trying to feel centered and feel grounded and have no like drift forward a lot of hitters have like drift and they come out of their legs so i want to have the bat in between the feet and just to feel that that extension and like getting all the way through the ball with that path um and then i i liked i like velo bp i like uh working on gather so like one thing for gather like i um, I've been working on with guys is like I'll have it put them bat on the shoulder and I'll go like elbow and like their front elbow and front knee connected and like when they lift like I say your your front knee and your front elbow is connected so when you do that gather and you load into your heel um, it kind of just syncs up and you kind of like what I say is like you load into yourself so that's like when I think of that, I think of like watching Suarez from the Reds, and I and I watch a lot of videos of him training, um, and I see that they're working on that, the you know, the, that loading in yourself, but they don't have like a, there's like, it's kind of like a tuck almost. It's like a tuck. They don't have that. You don't see like inward rotation, shoulder rotation. You see like a tuck, and they load into themselves. And and then they just deliver that barrel. I do a lot of uh, top hand stuff, like choked up top hand or short bat top hand, um, just to work on extension and not having any kind of rollover in your swing. Um, I do wall drill, um, just because like same kind of stuff. Like it's really and then I do that all that stuff because like you gotta like find what clicks for the hitter, you know, like, and it's, yeah, it's the similar stuff, but one thing might work, work for them, and one, they might like really like it, and that's the thing that works for them, and that makes them click, you know, um, so, I do that, I do, uh, I go, so, I go, uh, T inside, um, I'll go T inside, and then I'll put, like, a T down the middle, and, and I'll go T down the middle, and I'll go T inside, and then I'll like have them measure, and and if they have any kind of like lag with their swing, they're gonna they're gonna hit the middle T. So I uh, or you can put a foam roller or whatever. I I would recommend putting a foam roller so you don't hit the T. But I put the the T kind of in, you know, in, and I put the foam roller measure it, your bat's length, and 
if you have any kind of like lag or front side move, you're going to smack the foam roller so it forces that direct direct path while staying closed. And keep keep in mind like all this stuff that I've gotten, you know, like downed up swings, golf it, but the thing is, is obviously when I say golf it, that doesn't mean like you're swinging with an uppercut. You're feeling like I say I call it down to up, so you're feeling direct, but you're still finishing. You're still finishing high, but you're feeling a direct path. So, I um. I try to. One other thing too. I'm sorry, I get a little long-winded, but. I do with guys is um. I actually just started doing this. I'll uh, I'll put a tee like down the I'll put a tee down the middle, and a ball on the tee, and I'll flip I'll flip them in, and obviously when I when I flip them in I want them pulling it, but I'm not pulling it with any yank, not pulling it with your shoulders, pulling it with with good uh good direction, and then without with any like they'll hit that one and then they'll reset and then they'll hit the ball uh, down the middle off the tee so it's just kind of a rhythm and tempo thing and it's good for guys that uh that are drifting forward and it's just good way to create a rhythm and tempo and all this stuff I, I haven't got for myself it's been uh very uh lucky to learn from guys like, um doug latta and kurt nelson and trent otis and um it's it's been unbelievable the the information they've shared with me and the the amount of guy a crazy amount of guys that they work with they work with the game's best hitters so it's uh it's been unbelievable to watch and see how they work with them and I study the team Sosa the so team Sosa baseball the guy on Instagram and he uh you know he's got a great Instagram account that I would recommend anybody going to looking at that it's team Sosa baseball and, has all kinds of videos and drills of big leaguers working, um, and you can actually see what they're actually working on instead of just thinking what they're working on. I try to just see what they're working on, and I try to imply it with with anybody that I work with. Because if the game's best are doing it, then that's what I want to teach. And what do you do, Coach Brett? What are some of your favorite drills to do? Man, I, I think you can't undervalue. I'm a huge BP guy. Uh, I want live arm BP as, as often as possible. I want to be on the field as often as possible. Uh, situational at-bats, um, they're controlling uh, kind of the mindset of each round, um, making guys a little uncomfortable. I'm not trying to have guys fail in practice. I do want to crank the heat up in practice so we, so we don't fail in a game, but I'm not there to, to destroy them. So live arm BP is, is huge. Um I like to follow the, the kind of mindset of, of the legend, uh, Butch Chaffin, you know, don't drill just to drill, um, but do have a purpose. So I guess my purpose is creating a desired feel, um, as Ratterman hit on there. I'm almost like a therapist with our guys when they're swinging, especially in cages. You know, how did that make you feel? How do you, you know, like, coach, you know, lay off a little bit. Um, but I'm wanting to, to know because if they feel it, I feel like they can respond, whether it's it's positive or negative. Um Another big staple drill is, as I call it, Gwen toss. It was it was similar to what Zen was kind of hitting on at the end there, where we have a, a tee on the outer half, where we're purposely front tossing middle end. Don't want to get long. You'll hit the tee or hit the ball off the tee, but I uh, want to be able to pull our hands through. And, and when the feeder pauses, 
um, and doesn't throw the ball, we got to have our weight, you know, balanced enough that we can hit that off speed the other way. Um, with our high school hitters, they love it. Um, keeps them off their front side, keeps them from casting their bat out, and allows them to goes back to that, you know, that that uh, tendency to make great hitters is all about timing and adjustability. So it keeps them um, within themselves. And and then lastly, I'm big on the the mini bat. Uh, we angle front toss a lot with the mini bat. Um, our kind of goal there is to you know helps you stay short and. Uh, let our chest, we say say with our chest a lot. So let your chest say away, your barrel goes away. Let our chest say pull, our barrel goes pull. Um, but the mini bat with the angle toss is, is, is a big staple. I think it just creates a, kind of an, an enhanced feel and uh, allows hitters to see maybe a little more uh, quickly um, a deficit. And so that would be some of my favorite drills. I'll ask it to you first, Coach Penny. What are some analytics that you use and then how do you integrate it into developing hitters yeah so i um one of my huge things uh, i kind of touched on earlier is i'm not a huge hit tracks fan because it doesn't incorporate spin i like rap soto because i think it's more accurate um just because like it incorporates spin off the bat, and like as you, as we all know, like that's huge. Like into getting the actual distance. If we're in a cage, just hitting, and we're not on the field, and we can't tell. Um. So I like Rap Soto just to just to see like where we're at, and like you can see like if if you have like it's it's pretty much feedback. Like if you have like. Spin off the bat doesn't lie, and like I think it, um, I think it shows some holes in some hitters. Um, and uh, the rap soto, like I think it shows like if you're under the ball, then you're under it. Like, and like you need to probably change how you're maybe thinking of the plate or your your training, or if you're the side spinning everything. When I say I call it side spinning because these guys are long and. They are like they have front side moves and they're swinging with their shoulders. So all they're doing is like side spinning balls full side, like wearing out the six hole pretty much. And the key is is just like we want to hit it flush, like we want to hit it with good spin off the bat, like to all fields. So we don't we don't want to hit it with like flares, flares. If you're hitting flares oppo and you're and you're hooking around everything full side, then uh, then I think that that's going to show some, some holes in your swing. And I think the Rapsodo is good to, to show the it's instant feedback. Like I said, I think it's good to show where you're at and if you can't get outside to hit. And if your weather's not good, then the pretty much it's, it doesn't lie. So if it says, you know, you can think that you hit it out all you want, but if you... If it says, yeah, it went 240, but you thought it went, you know, 330 or 340, well, no, it didn't because you're coming inside the baseball. Um, so I like that, and, you know, I, um, I do like, um, I would say one thing that um, I would like to do is at some point, and, you know, the more stuff that comes available, 
I would like to just be able to see um, what they're swinging at, like what pitches. Um, I guess this is is kind of analytical, uh, but what pitches they're swinging at, like what pitches they're like struggling with, and I want us to develop a plan for for us to be able to do that. So one thing I oh yeah, this brings a good point. Um, so if we're struggling, you know, to hit the ball the other way. Why are we struggling on it? Okay, well, let's find out. Um, and, like, one thing that I like studying is, like, yes, like, power's pull side. Okay, well, how do we how do we pull it the right way? Um, I want us to, I think that a misconception is, is, like, well, yeah, let's just, you know, like, yeah, you want to pull the inside pitch. Okay, yeah, you, you do want to pull the inside pitch, but, like, you see trout like there's there's been times that I've studied stuff and it's balls that aren't even strikes that are away and he's pulling them for homers. How's he doing that? Like, so I think that you have to have the ability to hit the ball the other way. Um, once you develop that path that's gonna hit it flush, then you're gonna be able to pull multiple pitches. Um, that aren't necessarily in. You can pull them that are away, out of third, um, and you hit through it, and you start getting through it, um, through it out front, um, and then that's when you're gonna start having that that slug to um, to left. And as we know, statistically, data numbers show that that uh, powers pull side, and we want to get good at pulling it with. Uh, with good spin, you get it. You get good at pulling it with good spin. Uh, I like, I like your chances uh, for for slugging. And what about you, Coach Brad? How have you integrated analytics into developing hitters? Uh, I, I love analytics. Uh, I know they've always existed, and we have more ways of measuring them now. So I think we as coaches need to definitely take advantage of that. It's really easy, to, I think, to get lost in analytics. Um, I can't remember who said it at the, the ABC, uh, ABCA convention this year, but uh, as coaches, our, our job is to be the bridge between um, our players and the analytics. So um, we'd like to use Blast in that. Uh, I love Blast Motion. I love the direct feedback of it. I love um, – obviously, there's a, it, it measures a lot. Uh, obviously, it's not uh, perfect, but it does measure a lot. And we focused on you know hand speed, uh, attack angle, um, very big there, and, and we complement that with Rap Soto, and we kind of get so, some spin. So I like to use some overlay there of, all right, with this hand speed and, and this attack angle, we got, you know, this spin on the ball and, and this distance, um, especially in a controlled setting. Um, those would probably be my two favorites. I, I went to, to Best Buy and bought a, a $15 tripod that, that moves up and down and set my phone on it or set an iPad on it and can record swings. And, and so using those two, would probably be the biggest uh, components in, in, in how I apply analytics. And, and the guys know they, they get what we want them to see. Uh, they don't get to see, you know, everything. I think that can be a little a little drowning. But we can give them cups of water here and there, let them see swing videos of a successful at-bat and, and a non-successful at-bat. And um, they responded really, really, really well to those two. And what about you, Coach Ratterman? 
Sure. Uh, we use Blast Motion uh, here at Wright City because it's the only thing that we can afford. Like, I would love to have a rap soto, uh, but um, I think we need pitching machines to be able to test and uh, make us better at velo. Uh, so I've integrated this by putting my hitters into categories or certain groups. Um, because of all the blast numbers that coach just explained. Um, every hitter will have a job or duty within the confines of our offense. Each one you will, f um, each one the kids will fall in one of these categories and will understand uh, what he needs to do to have successful offense to going back to our offensive goals, scoring seven runs a game. So depending on the numbers that, uh, that they put up in blast motion from tryouts and um, just the eye test. Um, if you're a, a little guy, you're probably not in a certain category. So here are my categories that I have my guys, uh, depending on my blast numbers. Um, so I have runner, bomber, ball player, uh, and hitter. Um, and so I'll kind of go into these quickly. Uh, runner is a guy who is fast. He has the ability to steal bases, the ability to bump for a hit at will, and can create havoc on the bases. His goal is to score runs and be a pain in the butt. So, like, with his numbers, uh, we kind of have the conversation that we want no early weak outs from you. We want flat line drives and hard ground balls from the five hole to the four hole. Uh, I want your crosshairs to be in the middle of the field. So a bomber, I uh, only got, like, maybe two of these guys. Um, but a bomber has size and the strength, has power at contact, has those uh, great attack angles um, on blast and PK and speed. Uh, he has a potential to hit doub uh, doubles and dingers. Um, these are our run producers. He'll look to challenge the fences and flirt with the fence. Uh, swing the bat. So swing the bat, period. Total aggression with your intentions. Drive the baseball with backspin. Uh, this is where Repsoto would not be nice. So if anybody wants to uh, donate to Wright City High School, that would be great. We'd love a Repsoto machine. Uh, a ball player category is a versatile player that handles the bat. This is an all-around player that can execute every aspect of our offense. Uh, he'll make our offense move. Uh, he'll execute in big spots. So for him, no early weak outs. We want a certain attack angle to be off the crosshairs of the pitcher's forehead. Uh, just get the job done with no excuses. And a hitter is a good athlete who has the ability to do it all. Um, He's a better runner. He makes consistent hard contact. Uh, he'll probably have the ability to hit about 15 doubles or more. Uh, we want backspun line drives all over the field. His crosshairs are in the oppo gap uh, with the ability to direct the inside pitch. So that's kind of like our pawn of our of our offense and our lineup. So uh, we use blast motion a lot. Um, I only have like two sensors, and so um, I just use old uh, Marucci Cat 7 bass that everybody swings. So uh, they're both 33 30s and therefore I can have uh, the same numbers in the same bat and don't have to switch it out to be a little consistent and make practice run a little more smoothly um, so that's how I integrate uh, analytics and um, make our hitters better so good stuff guys good stuff so why is the mental approach important to a hitter and then how do you develop that mental approach for your hitters? And I'll ask that to you first, Coach Brett. Uh, I love the, the old Yogi Berra quote, something about uh, how can you think and hit at the same time. And um, so we try to, to have that mindset. Let's, let's have a pre-at-bat plan. Let's think before we get in there. And so that goes into our mental um, side of things. One of my, one of my good friends, uh, John Gold out of Massachusetts, he's, he's actually – 
Um, doing some things with the mental half of the game right now. So if anybody wants to reach out to him, this is my honest plug in there for him. Uh, he does a lot of good stuff in, in helping us, um, I guess, create good mental habits um, for our athletes. I think with baseball being such a game of quote-unquote failure, um, I know we've all heard the you fail seven, seven out of ten times, you're, you're successful. Six out of ten times, you're all a famer. All those things. So how do we, how do we, um, I guess, make guys that are mentally tough enough to be able to bounce back? Um, I think that'd be one reason it is so important, especially with baseball being such a, you know, quote unquote, lonely game. You know, um, a lot of guys in a football game will make a mistake, but if you're not, you know, very knowledgeable of the game or very knowledgeable of what an offensive lineman's supposed to do, you might not see some of those things or. Or same with basketball, but on baseball, everybody follows the ball. So if you make a mistake, everybody is watching you. If you strike out, everybody was was watching you. So it, it gets lonely sometimes. So I think establishing just confidence within yourself, confidence within the process, confidence within each other um, aids in that um, that mindset, that that mental ability to, to push through, to handle adversity, um, to be able to just flush it and move on. Uh, and I think if, if we can um, put guys in situations in practice to uh, I use the terminology crank up the heat and, and make them sweat a little bit and, and see how they respond to that, that as they push through, as they, they learn from their mistakes, as they learn from their, their failures, that it's just going to make their default higher and higher. It's going to raise their ceiling. It's going to raise their floor. And, and when we do get into those tight situations late in games or that big at bat or, or that, you know, that big moment, uh, we've fallen back on on a very high um, floor, and so uh, I think developing the middle game is huge. I know Alan Yeager does a lot of really good stuff. He's been influential with us. Jeremy Sheets, um, Coach Sheets, they do a, a great just kind of meditation and visualizing success uh, pre-practice, pre-game, you know, pre-onset, and so I think using those things and just putting your guys in situations to talk about the mental half of things goes a, a really long way. And what about you, Coach Penny? Yeah, so I'm big into just uh, trying to install confidence, you know, in my guys. Um, you know, I'm uh, especially like younger kids, and then even the college kids. Like, I think it's it's key, like you know, like. You gotta trick yourself into believing it. Um, you gotta, you know, before like it's kind of like the Muhammad Ali stuff. Like before he was the best. Like he was telling himself he was the best. Um, so I think that you got to, and obviously not everybody's that vocal about it, but. I think that you you can be you know humble and but you gotta have that quiet confidence you know you gotta have that belief in yourself and you know um, you must you know, like in order for anybody else to believe it you must believe it so I think that it's trying to build the the confidence up in the kids that you're around the way and I think a lot of it's the way we carry ourselves are we carrying ourselves the right way are we negative or are, are we you know, positive and bringing energy, or we, you know, I think, um, so, 
I like to um, make things challenges for the kids. Um, I try to make it a competition. I want to see. I want to want to see who's gonna compete. And you know, for the college guys, I you know I uh, just try to let them know like like that's your box. You know what I mean? Like if he throws it anywhere near the plate, like it's getting smoked. Like that's got to be the mindset. Um, I always say like you you gotta you gotta own the box like you got to like that's your box you know what I mean so I um and the kids I make it a competition lessons or whatever it is and try to make a competition and I'm like and I'm like all right like how many barrels are you gonna hit this round and they're like I hope you know you know how it is like they'll say I hope I I I hope uh I hope I do that I'm like you hope. Like you're gonna go up to the box hoping to hit, that ain't gonna work. No, you're gonna hit. And I just, you know, I kinda mess with them and I'm like, you're King Kong in the box, like, you're the man. Like, you're the man, you're the man. And I just try to instill that confidence in them. And, and um, I, I think that, you know, you've got a bit, visualization's a huge thing. And I think that, um, you must, um, you must believe that uh, it's gonna happen if, if you want it to happen and I think that um, mentality is a huge thing and if you want to be a dude you must believe that you are a dude um, I told one of our hitters he's uh, going to TCU and he's, uh, one of our outfielders he's going to TCU and he had a good round and I told him like, he was a, the first round he was kind of passive you know you know how it is like, when you're watching a hitter and he's kind of passive at the plate and machine was throwing really hard and he looked a little passive first round and second round he started crushing. I said, Listen, come here, man. He's like, What's up? And I said, I said, That's what you do. That's not just a good round. That's that's what you do. That's that's you all day, every day. No matter what. Um and I was like that's got to be all like all the time, not just here and there. I was like, you're the man. You can do that at any time. And his third round was even better. And it's just been fun to watch and just try to instill the confidence in the kids. And it's kind of funny, but um, like I said, uh, tricking yourself into believing it. This is, I would say, a little nugget. Like, this isn't for everybody, but... Uh, for what I did as a player, and it really helped me. Even though he's kind of a psycho, Connor, I did some kind of McGregor stuff. I um, my pregame routine. Um, this is kind of good for the listeners. Um, if you're having trouble with your confidence, um, and I do this with some of my college guys. Uh, they said they told me it's helped. Um, I would listen to. Uh, Conor McGregor uh, trash talk before every game just to get me in my like element almost um, just to get me mentally like ready to go believing believing that I was that I was the man and that that I uh, I was King Kong when I was out there so I think uh, um, it's other guys like that might that might not work for them but. It's a uh, you you know like anything it's trial and error trying to figure out what works for them but I um 
but I do believe that the best have uh, that swagger and belief in themselves. And what about you, Coach Ratterman? Sure. So, uh, Coach Brett already stole my cliche about uh, the mental approach and and failing uh, seven out of ten times, and you're a Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera. But at Wright City, uh, we kind of tell ourselves that nobody cares who the hero is, as long as it, as long as we have a hero, uh, which means we're winning ball games, and everyone loves doing that. Um, first thing I do is uh, I teach the kids how to be a bottle of water. Um, don't know who I heard this from or stole this from, um, so I'm sorry that I didn't give credit where credit's due. But uh, if you shake up a soda bottle, um, it gets all tense and then it explodes. Um, and so I kind of tell the kids that we need to be a bottle of water. You shake up a bottle of water, yeah, it's going to be ripples, but um, it ends up settling down, uh, which helps us be better ball players. You can't play this game tense. Um, and so... The first thing we talk about is how do you transition from defense to offense? So you have that mental transition time coming off the field after you get the third out. Um, what do you do? Do you put your gloves on? Do you sit down? Do you get a drink of water? How is that pitcher thrown to me today? How has he attacked the previous hitter similar to me? Um, how have I been seeing the ball lately? And then like coming out of the dugout or in the hole, uh, you start getting focused on the task at hand. Uh, you go back to your journal, what was the release point, try to visualize that. Um, has it been wild or consistent in pre-pitch warm-ups? So you start the process of timing up the pitcher. Um, and then you walk up to the on-deck circle, um, start getting your mind right, timing them up again. What do I need to do to help us win? How can I make a successful at bat? Um, and then start controlling your breathing. And then you walk up to home plate. you got to be confident, prepared. Uh, Kind of like Coach Penny said, you're King Kong, man. You just got to be unbeatable. Uh, you got to be fearless, and you just got to be uh, ready to do damage. And so a few ways we train that is we have uh, chalk talk and classroom talk uh, probably twice a week. Um, also a few things that uh, I stole from Coach Lawson, Coach Dylan Lawson. Uh, he was at SEMO and then Mizzou, which is where I met him and worked with him for a little bit. And he was with the Astros, and now he's with the New York Yankees organization. Um, there's a few ways we train the mental approach. Is if you strike out, you head to the cage, uh, which is behind our dugout. Fortunately, uh, you set up to the T. You set up the T to a location that uh, you just failed on. Uh, you just got yourself out on. You struck out, or rolled over, or popped it up, or whatever. Uh, you visualize that pitch to its location on the T, and you hit it. Uh, you do this about five times. So you visualize the pitch you just got out. So if it's a uh, curveball or slider down and away, you set the tee low and away and you work on that timing and just visualize you hitting that slider. Uh, you hit it about five times. One, it makes you better for that next pitch again and it also allows you to get some frustration out. Um, second, I tell our hitters first of all not to get to two strikes because uh, uh, we all know how the batting average and everything just goes down when you have a two strikes against you. Uh, so first of all, we try not to get to that to two strikes, so hopefully uh, nobody I Wright City plays against is listening to this. Um, uh, if we don't get, if we do get to two strikes, our tele hitters to flip the count. Um, so if we're one and two, we want to have the mindset that it's two and one because uh, we're at the high school level, and pitchers will make mistakes, and we, we want to hunt that. So uh, we want our hitters to be doing damage 
had the mindset of doing damage on every pitch. So um, we want to flip the count if it's against us. So that's a few things that we do for our mental approach. Another good round of stuff, guys. And so then I, I sent out a message in our group chat if anybody wanted to ask a question to send it in. And we got a question from Coach Corbin Vance, and he asked this question for you guys. He says, I'm always fighting the feeling of overcoaching versus undercoaching hitting. How do you approach hitting as a whole? Is it a lot of drills? Do you do a lot of situational stuff, or do you let them just come in and just let it rip? And I'll ask this to you first, Coach Brett. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I'm big on not coaching yourself out of good situations. Um, I think a lot of times we we as coaches kind of get lost in that. Um, instead of letting, you know, especially hitters figure things out, letting them come to you. I think if they if you build a relationship with them first and they know that you care and that you um, they know you have a plan for them, they alleviates a lot of the stress of hitting. Um, so I try to tell them that, you know, I might have a, a cue for them that I'll give them during BP um, that I'll spit out. But especially during BP, um, you know, I'm backing off. I'm, I'm allowing them to find their way through their round situationally. Um, you know, uh, even accountability teammate to teammate, they, they're aware of, of who they hit with in their hitting group. So they know why they're in that situation and, and can adjust accordingly. Um, as far as drill work goes, uh, leave that to the – I try to leave that to the fall or – or rainy days, or maybe some you know pre on the field swing stuff where they they have some drills that they're they're focused on before they come into the BP hitting tunnel. Um, but it's all about I think having a plan, having a plan. Don't coach yourself out of a good situation, and, and letting you know athletes take ownership in in their learning process and their growing process, and they'll they'll definitely come to you um, when the time is right. What do you think, Coach Ratterman? Yeah, that's a great question by uh, the group chat there. Um, I'm fortunate enough that a lot of my, my players play uh, club ball. Um, and whether or not I agree or disagree with some of their hitting coaches in the organization um, is for another conversation. But what I'd like to do is, just like Coach Brett said, is uh, kind of let him figure it out. Um, and I like to think of myself as a magician sometimes. And... Uh, I'll trick them into doing some drills that helps them work on a certain thing that uh, I think they need to work on. Um, and then another thing that I will do is kind of let them fail. And like Coach Brett said, is when they're ready and their swing just isn't working for them because of uh, their hitting coach or their club or they're just not feeling it, they will come ask um, for help. And that's when, uh, that's when you really got them and you can really dive in. And so uh, I kind of just put the drills together. Um, like I said, I feel like I'm a magician sometimes and, and trick them into our cookie cutter approach swing, if you will, um, just by doing some of the drills. But I try not to say much because that is, that is for our open uh, gyms and stuff. And uh, we have movement pattern work that we do before we even swing a bat and so that kind of also helps uh get people moving the way we want to so hopefully that hopefully that answers the question and what do you think coach penny yeah so i um i ask myself that every day to be honest it's a it's a good question um 
yeah, so I um I think the first thing is is you uh, gotta develop that trust. Um, you gotta develop that trust, and once you once they uh, trust you, then you got them pretty much. Um, I think. I mean, so if they're kind of being standoffish and like not really wanting to hear it. Um, all you can do, like, I, I don't try to, like, you know, you can feel that, so I just try to be, build that relationship with them, know that we're on the same team, and that I'm just trying to help, so I, uh, I just try to bring that positive energy, bring that, like, ask them how they're doing, don't even make it about baseball or the swing, um, try to just get us, like, meshing well together um and then i kind of let them do their thing because kind of how they you know you guys were saying as soon as uh they start failing a little bit um and their way is not working um then they're gonna come and then you guys will be good so i think that it's good so you know before the season live at bats okay well my way ain't working uh Let's let's figure it out. Like uh, once they have that little bit of failure, then uh, then then they're gonna come one and help. Um, but I mean, that's that's human nature. I mean, I think uh, our you know our job is to okay, like, let's get to it. I think uh, can't really take it personally and just keep trying to develop that trust with them. And uh, and as far as overcoaching and undercoaching. If the kid's going well, like, I'm going to try my best not to say anything really too long. I'm just going to feed him. Um, as far as over, um, un yeah, I mean, over coaching wise, like, if the kid's going well, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to feed him and I'm just going to toss him. I'm not going to say really anything mechanical or I'm just going to say, looks good, dude. Keep, keep up the good worker. Under coaching, um, that's the kind of, I, I would try to coach him, but if the kid's not really wanting to have it, because that does happen, um, I'm kind of, I'm going to let him fail a little bit, because as soon as he starts failing, then, then he'll be, uh, he'll be uh, wanting, to, wanting to listen and buy in, but I'm pretty much just going to keep it very uh, subtle, and like, just keep on trying to build that relationship and uh, build that trust with him. This is my last question for you guys. I'll ask this to you first, Coach Brett. What is something that coaches listening to this podcast, this episode, can learn from you? Oh, man. Um, I would say one of the best advice I got my first day of coaching is never assume they know anything. Um, and this was my high school coach pouring into me, as, he, as he's continued to do even throughout my coaching career, is – is you know they in that never assume they know anything so as players um, as parents as coaches as admin like be very clear um, with your intentions never assume anybody knows anything and, and you won't be surprised when they don't um, I love coach Bianco uh, from Ole Miss he's all about bringing the energy and being where your feet are um, I think that's absolutely um, huge and then um, as I've gotten from so many other coaches is just be clear, be concise, make it relevant, make it repeatable. And, and if you're not a member of the ABCA, you need to do that ASAP. Um, 
get a mentor, be a lifelong learner, especially us young guys. Like we have so much to learn. Um, and there's so many great, viable, available resources and, and people out there um, that will gladly help you out um, and gladly provide information for you. So, so take advantage of those. And what about you, Coach Penny? Yeah, I mean, I love that. Um, I think uh, you work hard. Um and you're a learner. Um, one thing I try to I try to just take the ego out, and I try to ask questions from the best that are doing it. Um, and yeah, I mean that they could learn from me. I guess I would say I would say uh, that if you work hard and you know uh, you're obsessed about it, and um, you learn from the best that are doing it. Um, you're gonna keep on getting better and better. Um, now, I would say just um, realize that, like, that we we don't know everything, um, and it's good uh, to study. And those guys that have been there and done that, um, I've had like. So many great mentors that have helped me. Um, one in, you know, Doug Lida, he uh, has helped me a lot. And Kurt Nelson, Trent Otis, and they work with the games head best, and they take the time. They have taken the time over over the years to answer questions and um, help me and text me if they think I'm not handling myself the right way. And, I think that uh, you uh, put in the work. I think that uh, one thing I will say that I pride myself on is I try to I try to um, study what the best are doing and they're hitting, and I would challenge any coach to do that. Um, yes, you know the numbers are great and and everything. I agree. Um, but what are the best doing in their, in their training? You know, he's a, what's Miggy doing? What's J.D. Martinez doing? What's, you know, what's Betts doing? What are they doing? You know, like, all right, well, they're doing this. You know, why am I not making my guys do it? And, you know, the I, I call it cop-out, to be honest, because some say, you know, all right, well, they're big leaguers. Yeah, they are big leaguers. But I got 13-year-olds that, that are... Obviously, they're not doing as well the movements, but they're looking. They're they've made major improvements, and you know their swing and whole attitudes changed dramatically. And I um like my pin tweet on Twitter. Like he's thirteen, um, and he's going through all the same progressions that that uh JD Martinez does, and. One reason I know that is because I've been fortunate enough to build relationships with guys that I feel like are the best to do it, and I study what they do, and the information is out there. I think, and I think that uh, they could learn from me is, um, which is humbling. I would say to even think about that because they could learn from me. I would say is just you just uh, put your head down and, and be a learner. 
um, his best hitting coaches are best thieves. To Cody Axon, quote, who's also another dude. Um, I, yeah, that's all I got, but if anything else, I would say, if uh, they could learn from me, I would say, just give me a call anytime, or we could schedule a call and talk some hitting, and you want more uh, information, I would just message me or something, and uh, I would like to talk and talk shop and do the best I can to help. And what about you, Coach Ratterman? Yeah, so uh, everything that uh, I've said today is something I have stolen, heard, or, or learned from somebody else. Uh, Coach Sheets from the ABCA podcast always said that baseball coaches are a very special breed. Uh, we'll give you anything you want to you wanna hear and have except our signs. Um, and over the past five years, I've really taken advantage of this. Uh, kind of like Coach Penny just said, uh, I found some people that I believed in and uh, really wanted to learn from, and I consider those guys my mentors, and that's Tom Eller and uh, Dylan Lawson of the Yankees and uh, Orioles. And so I'm fortunate enough to have the relationship that I've built over the past couple of years to be able to text them and uh, get to learn from them. So if you, if you like the way a coach goes about his business, uh, reach out to him and ask him uh, simply how. Uh, Coach Lawson was at Mizzou, and uh, I reached out to him uh, and said, I'd, I'd like to sit down and, and buy you a coffee and, and talk some shop. And uh, that's how our uh, friendship began. And then uh, I couldn't do that with Eller because he um, was up in the Northeast. But I uh, just kind of followed him, liked his stuff, reached out to him. Um, but take that information, adjust it to where you are, and just get after it. Um, don't be afraid to, to fail um, because that's what all the greats do. And so even if it's new to you, uh, stay with it if you believe in it. And uh, in the end, it'll end up working out. Um, also, Joe, I want to thanks, thank you for having us on here. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys and learning from you guys. I have a lot of notes here on my end. And so if anybody else wants to talk shop, uh, you can reach out to me via Twitter, at uh, Ratterman29, and I uh, would love to talk hitting or just baseball in general. So thanks again for this opportunity. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. Thank you.